You're listening to the Passion Daily Podcast. This week, we're thrilled to bring you a powerful conversation between Pastor Louis Giglio and legendary college football coach Mark Rick, where they discuss fatherhood, mentorship, and the moment that changed a young man's life forever. It's so good to have you here. Yeah, thank you. Uh, people know you, obviously, as one of the legendary coaches of the University of Georgia. Um, amazing success there. But people also know you, Mark, as a good man. And I think that those two things coming together is a challenge to coach at the highest level, to, to win at the highest level, two right. SEC championships, uh, coach of the year at Miami 2017. Right. So you've, you've coached, you've went at the highest level, but yet people, when they talk about Mark Rick, they talk about your character, the way you care about people. They talk about um, the way that you see the things that are more important even than winning in life. And um, I wondered where you got that, but I wanted to start, it's Father's Day, so tell us all a little bit about your dad. Right. And tell us what it was like growing up uh, in your house with your dad. Well, interestingly, uh... Just, he just had a, his 84th birthday. Come on, happy yeah, birthday. Yeah, Big Lou, we, I call him Big Lou. The uh, grand... That's what people call me mostly around here. <laughs> Actually, it's weird because that's what I call, that's what we all called my dad. My dad was a Louis Elsa, so... Uh, called him Big Lou. Yeah. Yeah, so anyway, when you ask my dad how he's doing, he'll always say, best day of my life. Oh, wow. And that's, because uh, it, it is, it's the only day you have. It truly is the best day of our lives every day. You know, for me as a kid, I connected with my dad through baseball. He, he was a baseball fan, and uh, any ball for me was, it was fun. But I, I always remember uh, waiting for him to come home from work, and I'd have his mitt, and I'd have my glove, and I'd have a baseball, and I'd be like, Dad, I mean, before he even went in the house, like, let's play catch, you know. And so uh, I played a lot of catch, and you know, my dad was a man of very few words. Uh, I don't know if he ever looked me in the eye and said, I love you, son. Also was known for his honesty. Uh, at work, they called him Honest Lou. Uh, and uh, so, uh, you know, for me, uh, he was a man that, uh, for example, there was a there was a Georgia game, uh, and we were on game day that particular weekend. And I'm talking to Feinbaum of all people, and I told the story about what happened. So at the football office, somebody had dropped a hundred dollar bill came back kind of frantically looking for it. And when they came back, it was found by somebody and handed to the secretary. And they was like, hey, did anybody turn some money in? Just praying. They're like, oh, by the way, someone did. Well, that somebody was my dad. And, uh, you know, the proverb that talks about, you know, you know, a father who lives in integrity, how blessed are his children after him. So, you know, his integrity blessed me, for sure, his example. Say much, but he did. Uh, you know, we, we tend to watch our fathers probably more than we listen to them, and uh, he blessed me in that way for sure. You started out, if I've got the geography right, in the Midwest, right? And then you ended up in Florida. You went to high school in Florida, right? So how did that transition happen? Well, born in Omaha, Nebraska, and my mom and dad grew up in the same neighborhood. They literally took baths together as babies because they were so close. They're in the same neighborhood up and eventually became uh, 
husband and wife in their teens. I think they were both 18, 19 years old when they got married. And uh, so my dad ended up working uh, at a place called Western Electric. It's a tool and die maker, which I have no idea what that is. Uh, and then he uh, eventually uh, went to IBM doing the same thing. And then IBM was going to start making personal computers, and they needed programmers. So they asked their employees, regardless of their education level, he was a high school grad, uh, to take an aptitude test for math or whatever it was to be trained as a computer programmer. And he, he scored well, and they said, hey, uh, we'd like you to start programming these computers, and uh, you get two choices of where you can live. One's Boca Raton, Florida, and the other one was Poughkeepsie, New York. So we chose Boca Raton, Florida. And at age, by age 13, that's when I became a Boca Beach boy. Wow, what a good choice. What a good option. No doubt. No, uh, no knock in New York, but um, that was a good move for you and the family. You were into sports. I know that you played high school football, went to the University of Miami. The, that was a big deal growing up where you... Well, Miami actually at that time was not very good. They were about to drop the program. That's how poor uh, the attendance was and, and the team was. So uh, when I went to Miami, you know, and, uh, at the end of, uh, I was a class of 78 in high school. So the football season of 78 was my first year until 82. Um, Miami really was just starting to become what people remember as the five-time national champions in a 20-year span. So uh, when I first got there, it was uh, I was actually recruited by Coach Saban, of all people. And uh, it wasn't Nick Saban, though. It was Lou Saban. <laughs> anyway, he was our coach. He was my recruiting coach. And he kind of sold me on the fact that I was going to help save the program, which I, of course, believed him. And uh, being all-state first team and all that, and the state of Florida as a quarterback. So um, anyway, a couple days before signing date, I was actually in his office reading the Miami Herald, looking at all the commitments. I said, "What's what? A, tell me about this guy, Mike Rodrigue. It says quarterback slash defensive back. What, what's up with him? I thought I was the man. He goes, oh, you see that slash? He's a DB. Don't worry about it. Well, as it turned out, he didn't play quarterback. So uh, then I go, well, tell me about this guy, Jim Kelly. East Brady, Pennsylvania. <laughs> quarterback, no slash there, you know. He looked me dead in the eyes. He said, Mark, Somebody's got to back you up. <laughs> I said, good thinking, Coach. So anyway, you know, I had my goals. I was going to be an All-American my freshman year. And then uh, I was going to be, uh, you know, Heisman Trophy winner. And then GoPro and all that kind of stuff. So you know, I was kind of geared to do that. And then all of a sudden, Jim started living my life for me. And, uh, he accomplished all your goals. Yeah, he accomplished all my goals. <laughs> That's exactly right. <laughs> So we used to call him Lucky Jim because, uh, you know, he, he'd throw the ball and the DB would he'd be right to a DB and he'd bobble it and the receiver would catch it on the dead run. Kind of like an Auburn game. Jordan, Auburn <laughs> we'll Jordan. talk about that in a moment. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, we called him Lucky Jim, but uh, he actually was pretty good. Thanks again for listening to the Passion Daily Podcast. And don't forget to go and subscribe to the Passion City Church and Passion City Church DC podcasts for our full messages every week.